Welcome, friends! I'm your host, Adrian, and yes, you found us, Tea with Puppets, a podcast about Canadian stamp collecting. Yeah! This is episode number 20, and today we'll be talking about an inspirational Canadian who 27 years ago starred the Marathon of Hope. Yes, that's right, we'll be learning more about the one and only Terry Fox and the stamps issued by Canada Post to honor him. More in just a moment. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining us. Today we'll be talking about Terry Fox, a young man who in the early 80s inspired the nation and the world by his courageous battle against cancer and his determination to raise funds for cancer research. He is also honored on two Canadian stamps, but more on that in just a moment. Terence Stanley, or Terry Fox, was born July 28, 1958 in Winnipeg, Manitoba, the second of four children born to Betty and Rolly Fox, a switchman with the Canadian National Railway. Tired of the harsh Winnipeg winters, Rolly transferred his family and his job to Vancouver, British Columbia in 1966. Terry Fox was very much into sports as a young man. He loved basketball, but he also ran cross-country, played soccer and rugby, and he was also the co-winner of his high school's Athlete of the Year Award in grade 12. In November 1976, Terry was in a car accident when he rear-ended a truck while driving on the highway. While the car was wrecked, Fox escaped the accident without any visible injury. Well, except for a sore right knee. Terry assumed he must have hurt himself during the crash, and he didn't think twice about it. And eventually, the pain went away. In December 1976, the pain in his knee returned, but Fox believed it was a cartilage problem due to the stress of playing so much basketball. The pain was constant, so in February 1977, following the end of the basketball season, he went to the Simon Fraser University Health Center, where he was prescribed some painkillers to ease the pain. In early March of 1977, Fox returned home from a training run, but he was in so much pain and so sore he could barely move. The following day, he went to a family doctor who suspected the problem was more serious than originally thought. Following a bone scan on March 4, 1977 at the Royal Columbian Hospital in New Westminster, B.C., orthopedic surgeon Dr. Michael Piper confirmed what he had suspected. Terry had osteogenic sarcoma, a type of bone cancer that often starts in the knee. Because this type of cancer could spread so quickly, doctors felt Fox's best chance for survival was amputation of his right leg, and then this be followed up by a round of chemotherapy. Leading up to the surgery, he was surrounded and supported by his friends and family. On March 8th, the night before his surgery, Terry Fleming, Fox's coach from high school, gave Fox a Runner's World article about Dick Trom, an amputee who had run the New York City Marathon. The following morning, Fox showed the article to nurse Judith Ray and said, Someday I'm going to do something like that. On March 9th, 1977, when Fox was only 18, doctors amputated his right leg 15 centimeters above the knee. Within weeks of his surgery, Fox was walking with the help of an artificial leg. During his months of chemotherapy, he witnessed the suffering of many others afflicted with cancer and was determined to do something to help. Inspired by the article he read about Dick Trom, Terry decided to run across Canada to raise awareness and funds for cancer research. When Fox first started training, he ran at night at the local junior high school. In mid-February 1979, he was able to run half a mile. By the end of the month, he was running a full mile around the track. Terry worked to have his prosthesis modified so that it could better withstand the impact of running. 
but even with the modifications, it was still awkward and uncomfortable. Terry still persisted nonetheless. By mid-August 1979, he ran a race in Prince George, British Columbia, where he ran 27 kilometers. And although Fox finished last, he was only 10 minutes behind the final two-legged runner. This convinced him he could take on his bigger goal. He planned to start his Canada-wide run the following spring. He trained and prepared hard. Not only did he do more than 5,000 kilometers on train runs, he also enlisted the support of the Canadian Cancer Society, the War Amps of Canada, and companies such as Ford Motor Company, Imperial Oil, and Adidas. So with everything in place, on April 14, 1980, Terry Fox dipped his artificial leg in the Atlantic Ocean near St. John's, Newfoundland, and began his Marathon of Hope. On average, Fox would run about 42 kilometers, roughly a marathon a day, through the Atlantic provinces, Quebec, and Ontario. He was supported by longtime friend Doug Allward, who drove a van along the route, and by his brother Darrell, who joined them in New Brunswick. Media coverage of his Marathon of Hope was slow at first. There was little notice of him in the Atlantic provinces, but he was heartened upon arriving in Port Obas, Newfoundland, where the town's 10,000 residents presented him with a donation of over $10,000. When he got to Quebec, he faced new challenges. No one in his group was able to speak French, and drivers in the province would continually force him off the road. Furthermore, his quest was mostly ignored by the Quebec media. Around this time, Terry Fox's run caught the attention of Isidore Sharp, who was the founder and CEO of Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts, and he had lost a son to melanoma in 1978, just a year before Terry's diagnosis. Sharp was intrigued by the story of a one-legged kid trying to do the impossible and run across the country, so he offered food and accommodation at his hotels en route. And when Terry was discouraged because so few people were making donations, Sharp pledged $2 a mile to the run and persuaded close to a thousand other corporations to do the same. Bill Vigors of the Canadian Cancer Society's Ontario Division also planned many events in the Ontario area, including a big one for Canada Day. And finally, journalist Leslie Scrivener of the Toronto Star, who had been writing a weekly column on Fox's progress, helped in getting even more attention. By the time he got to Ontario, Fox was a national star. He was celebrated at events in Ontario organized by the Canadian Cancer Society. He would meet Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau, British actress Maggie Smith, and NHL greats Bobby Orr and Daryl Sittler, who presented Fox with his own 1980 NHL All-Star sweater. Unlike the other provinces where he ran alone with Doug and Daryl in their van, in Ontario, the provincial police accompanied him. Now, unfortunately, though, Terry would never make it through Ontario. Although he had run for 143 days and covered 5,373 kilometers on September 1st, 1980, Terry was forced to stop running just outside Thunder Bay, Ontario. The cancer had invaded his lungs and he could no longer continue. Fox vowed he would continue to fight and complete his cross-Canada run. Here is an excerpt from the CBC's National, the night Terry had to stop his marathon. The National with Norton Nash. Good evening. A story of incredible courage came to an end today. At a news conference in Thunder Bay, Ontario, Terry Fox announced he was giving up his attempt to run across the country. He has to give up. The cancer that caused the amputation of his right leg three years ago has returned, this time to his lungs. Tonight, he's in hospital in British Columbia, and Terry Matty reports. 
Yesterday, near Thunder Bay, Terry Fox began having trouble breathing after running for most of the day. Tests later confirmed the worst, as he explained to reporters this afternoon. Yesterday I was running, and I had noticed a little bit of hardness in breathing. And at the end, near the end of the day, 18 miles, um, I was coughing and choking and had pain in my neck and my chest. And I did three more miles, and I, had to, I decided I had to go see the doctor. And it was discovered then that uh, I had primary, originally I had primary cancer in my knee three and a half years ago. And uh, that the cancer had spread. And now I've got cancer in my lungs. And uh, we got to go home and, tr and try and do some more treatment. But uh, all I can say is uh, if there's any way I can get out there again and finish it, I will. Fox, with his parents at his side, said he would continue his own personal fight against cancer, and he hoped other people would too. Even though I'm not running anymore, we still got to try and find a cure for cancer, and I think people, other people, should and should get ahead and, and try and do their thing now. As I've been preaching all along, all the way through Canada, to people or people who have cancer, and I'm not going to give up. I'm going to fight. And I'm going to do everything I can. I hope that what I've done has been an inspiration, and I hope I, I will see it now, that people will take off and continue where I left off here. Terry Matty, CBC News. Tonight, Fox is in hospital near his home in New Westminster, B.C., and before he retired, he and his parents talked again to reporters. His mother, Betty, said the last day has been traumatic, and she described how she felt when she heard the news. I, I don't know how to describe it. We just got to Terry's quit very quickly yesterday as we possibly could when we heard. Just wanted to be with them and share with them what he was going through. Yeah, we've been through it before. I did my very best. Um, I don't think you can ask me of any more than that. And I hope that I, I, I know I have been an inspiration to a lot of people. And I hope just because I have not been able to complete it right now, that doesn't make any difference. But uh, I don't know. You, to, me, to me, I'm happy with what I've done. I've done my best. I can't, I can't that's all I can say. You, you make your own opinion on what you think I've done. Bitter? No, no, I don't feel bitter. I, um, like, I'm not surprised by anything anymore, and, uh, this is, this is the way life is. I'm not the only one who uh, is in this situation. There are a lot of people in a lot worse situation, and, um, just gotta take one, at a time, one day at a time and do my best. I'm not bitter at anybody or anything. And if, as I said before, if there's any way I can get out there and finish it, I'll go back to Thunder Bay and start again. Tragically, Terry would never make it back to Thunder Bay. In the following months, Fox received multiple chemotherapy treatments. However, the disease continued to spread. On June 28, 1981, only a month before his 23rd birthday, with his family by his side, Terry Fox would pass. The government of Canada ordered flags across the country lowered to half-mast, an unprecedented honor that was usually reserved for statesmen. Addressing the House of Commons, Trudeau said, it occurs very rarely in the life of a nation that the courageous spirit of one person unites all people in the celebration of his life and in the mourning of his death.
We do not think of him as one who is defeated by misfortune, but as one who inspired us with the example of the triumph of the human spirit over adversity. His funeral in Port Coquitlam was attended by 40 relatives and 200 guests and was broadcast on national television. Hundreds of communities across Canada also had memorial services. There were also public memorial services held on Parliament Hill in Ottawa, and donations came pouring into the Canadian Cancer Society offices across Canada. And Terry's dream of a marathon of hope also continued. The seeds of the yearly Terry Fox run were planted the day after Terry stopped running. Isidore Sharp, chairman and CEO of the Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts, telegrammed the Fox family the next day on September 2, 1980, with a commitment to organize a fundraising run that would be held every year in Terry's name. He wrote, You started it? and we will not rest until your dream to find a cure for cancer is realized. To this day, the Terry Fox Run takes place annually on the third Sunday of September. In 2016, the Terry Fox Foundation announced that over $715 million had been raised to support cancer research in Terry's name. Terry is a true inspiration, and he is deservedly depicted on two stamps released by Canada Post, something that is rarely done for a non-sovereign. The first stamp released by Canada Post to honor Terry Fox was issued on April 13, 1982, two years after he started his Marathon of Hope. It was also one of the first times Canada Post broke the rule of waiting 10 years after the death of an individual before placing them on a stamp, a rule which has since been abolished. The stamp was designed by Vancouver graphic artist Friedrich Peter, and the 30-cent denomination stamp is a photolithograph with six colors. It depicts Terry mid-stride in his attempt to cross Canada. You can check it out under Scott Catalog number 915. There's also an official first day cover commemorating Terry Fox's Marathon of Hope that was issued on April 13, 1982, and it features the stamp we just spoke about in the right-hand corner, and on the left is a photo of Terry receiving the Companion Order of Canada from then-Governor General Ed Schreier. Terry was the youngest Canadian to ever receive the award, which was given to him on September 18, 1980. The Governor General had flown out to British Columbia to give it to Terry as he was still battling the spread of cancer. The first day cover is cancelled in Ottawa with a circular date cancel and postmark of Terry running along a road. Truly a great piece for anyone collecting first day covers. The next time Canada Post would honor Terry would be on the Four Pain Souvenir Sheet in the year 2000. It was part of the release known as the Millennium Collection. His stamp is part of the Hearts of Gold thematic grouping within the collection and was released on January 17, 2000. You can check it out under Scott Catalog number 1824C. The 46-cent stamp has a smiling Terry wearing his Marathon of Hope t-shirt. The stamp is divided diagonally by the road. In the top portion of the stamp is a researcher holding and studying a beaker. We can assume they are doing some sort of cancer research. The stamp was designed and illustrated by Ken Fung. It was based on an illustration by Ken Ku and Samuel Tseng. These two stamps do a great job of capturing Terry's story and celebrating his life. His perseverance is a great example for anyone facing adversity, and these stamps would make a great addition to any collection. So that's it for the 20th episode. Thank you so much for spending time with me and sharing this show with your friends. The time you take to do this helps us get the word out, so we appreciate it immensely.
If you're looking for more info about this show, make sure to check us out at teawithpuppets.com. To see the stamps we mentioned in this episode and more, click on the show notes image at the top right corner of our website or the link we've added to the description of this podcast episode. If you have any podcast feedback, ideas for guests, cool stories, or more, we'd love to hear it too. You can email us over at feedback at teawithpuppets.com. Finally, if you're on Facebook, make sure you like our page or follow us on Twitter at our handle, Tea With Puppets. Once again, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again soon for our next episode. Have a super rest of the day, and happy collecting.